You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. up and welcome to another Okada's Shorts Short episode. That's right, it's G-Wandering Night 3. Everything you need to know about the G-1 Climax 33 Night 3 in one small bite-sized episode. I'm your bad friend Rafe Houston and today I'm going to be zooming through the blocks for you to let you know all the happenings and really just my gut take. It is just a quick, easy episode to just get your rundown on what is going on in the G1 Climax. Uh, This particular night came from Yamagata City General Sports Centre and kicked off with Chase Owens versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Um, I was kind of thinking this wasn't going to work out for Kaito. I'm glad it did. But, you know, there's an ongoing story here with Chase Owens, uh, him having history with Kaito. And I was like, oh, maybe he's got his number. You know, it could be... an easy upset, you know, get a couple on the board for Chase before, you know, the tournament plays out and he inevitably does not so great in this block. But Kaido pulled out the win, hit him with the modified Shining Wizard after 8 minutes and 28 seconds and laid Chase out. Good to see Kaido doing well. Um, I think everybody is really gunning for him to do well in this block and to get out of it because... We all want to see Okada versus Kaido Kiyomiya. I think it's the hottest rivalry in this company right now. And I think it will be an absolute banger if we can make it happen. So keep up the good work, Kaito. Uh, After that, it was the Great Okan versus Kenta. Now, i got to tell you, man, I love the Great Okan. But dude, I can't with these Kenta matches, man. Like, I know people refer to him as the night off and all that for this tournament in this block. But man, like this, it went for 11 minutes and 40 seconds. It may have well been 22 minutes and 80 seconds. You know, it just went for so long and a crummy finish and was just grinding to a halt. Travis, who's in the tips with us, um, messaged me and he's like, I know you guys love Okan. You know, he doesn't really watch it as much, but he was like, I don't think he's that great. And I was like... Do not judge him because of this match. It is Kenta. He is literally a wrestling vortex right now. And it's just not for me. So could have done without this. Absolute pants of a match. So skipping straight over that. I then just talked about it more than you want to watch it. So uh, after that, it was Hikaleo versus uh, Gabe Kidd. I was really happy to see Gabe get the win here. Um, 
I've loved his mouthiness and where they're going with the Bullet Club and War Dogs and all that kind of stuff. I was kind of thinking, had I been picking it, I maybe would have picked Hikaleo to win. Uh, just, you know, big boy syndrome picking up the wins. But I'm glad it was Gabe Kidd here. I think uh, he has a lot more to offer the company. And I I think he, you know, is just a, a whole lot more personality to offer as well. This match, though, it's not to be said that Hikaleo was a total waste of space in here. He actually dropped some really good big man moves uh, that I really enjoyed. Though there was... A bit of a botch, and I hope it's not a theme throughout this tournament like it was on night two with Hanare where Hikaleo kind of does like a belly-to-belly or like an overhead belly-to-belly to Gabe and just, just throws him straight on his neck, really. <laughs> like, And it was rough. I mean, it's never anybody's fault, you know. Uh, it, these things can happen in wrestling, you know. It's not ballet, but hated to see it. And while I'm on it, it wasn't my night to cover, but it really took me out of the the second night when Hanare re-debuted with everything he's got going on. You know, there's something that, for any of you who have listened to my interview with with Hanare, you know that we go back and we're, we're buds and it was really hard to see him land like that. And I was very, very concerned um, that, would see him be knocked out of the contest, but it's not to be. Uh, he was back at night four and looking real good. So I'm glad that he's okay. And I'm glad that Gabe is okay. At least I think he's okay. I feel like I would have hurt if he'd been injured since now, but uh, he's all good. And he managed to get the win with a massive pile driver on Hikaleo after three minutes and 29 seconds. And you know what? That is the perfect fucking match length for these guys. So that's great. Uh, next up, fourth match was Tai Chi versus Tonga Loa. Man, I, I respect what New Japan do with their talent. They, they really look after their guys and they stay very loyal to them. And that's what you want to see from a lot of companies. But, dude, I, I don't know if Tagaloa is ready to be back. I'm not sure he was ready to be in New Japan before he was even injured. You know, he's he's really hasn't had heaps going on, you know. And I, I think he's moving real slow. This is 12 minutes and 34 seconds. This could have really benefited from that three, four-minute treatment. Uh, I don't think he is looking good in this tournament. And uh, when he receives an upset win about somebody I really care about, I'm going to be pretty mad about it. But Tai Chi won. Tai Chi absolutely killing it. Love to see it. Uh, next up was Narita versus Yoda Suji in yet another three Musketeers time limit draw. Um, I speculated that this may be the way it's going to play out with these guys, and it sure is. And you know what? I don't even hate it. I kind of like that. There's even a history between Suji and the D'Artagnan of the Three Musketeers, Yuyo Oemura, having draws when they were young lions uh, because they both debuted on the same day. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, the future that they're plotting out with these guys. Really enjoyed the match. I love the fire that these three have got against each other in. Just that naming them the Musketeers and what that has caused as far as drama goes is really good. And you just can't mix these matches against each other. Uh, next up was uh, Yoshihashi versus Will Ospreay. Um, it was Will Ospreay winning with a leap of fate after 13 minutes. Man, that was crazy. Uh, maybe somebody could tell me if that was like, the same move that Neville does, because it Black Arrow or whatever. I don't know. It was still crazy. Um, 
I did think we'd see Will doing as much of that stuff as he has been, <laughs> you know. Uh, I thought he was kind of phasing that out of his game, but that was well and truly crazy. I thought these guys were good. Every time I rip on Yoshihashi, man. But, and even as the match starts, I really don't care about it. But by the end, he always has me. So, fuck. You know, got to give the guy credit for that, right? But, yeah, Will Ospreay looking real good in this match. Um, and good to see he bounced back from his equilibrium-type issues that he was having before. And, hey, kudos to him tried something different there as well. Um, seventh match was Sonata versus Shota Umino. Um I had seen some discourse that, you know, people weren't really that high on this match. I kind of like these guys together. I thought uh, Shota was showing a real good amount of fire. I thought he was um, really taking it to Sonata. And though it started to stretch a little bit, you know, they're always like, Sonata has like the longest match time in G1. Like, that's a good fucking thing. Um, I don't think it is. Because I don't think in that 29-minute win or whatever it was, that was a good match. So <laughs> I don't know if it's something they need to be bragging about. Though I did hear on commentary or maybe on the internet, I don't know, maybe Sonata was criticizing some of the other wrestlers for not being as handsome as him or not as many handsome wrestlers these days. Either way, that's a good character trait for him. I like him talking himself up. So anyway, hit that deadfall, made that happen, and on to the next Though I was kind of, one thing that is interesting, now I think about it, is that Sonata's had a pretty short run and he hasn't really had a lot of time to, you know, build up a lot of dominance. So as a result, I think as fans, we look at him as like an uncertain champion. And with that comes like a certain amount of like, will he lose, won't he lose, which is really cool. But they're, they're putting some, you know, work with him and I think they will in this block where it's it seems like it's just going to be really dominant and they'll be going, yo, look at him pick up all these wins now and start to really pad out his resume. Again, I don't know if we're still going to see him as champion come Wrestle Kingdom, but they're definitely, he's a project for this company and I think we're going to see them keep, you know, putting eggs in this basket, so to speak. Then last but not least, it was the eighth match Kazuchika Okada versus El Fantasmo uh, with Okada picking up the win at 16 minutes and 21 seconds with the Rainmaker. Man, if you'd asked me to tip this, and I kind of did do tippings that I gave up on before, I had, I'd really thought this was going to be an ELP victory here. I thought this would be his big upset of the block, but it was not to be. And that said, they look, they made him look really good, man. They made him look really dominant. There were some fun parts too, like when they were doing the tap on the chest and he was, you know, tapping in time with the crowd and then Okada snapped and was kicking the shit out of him. You saw that murder glaze over his eyes. There was nipple twisting. There was all sorts of stuff going on. Um, how crazy is it as well, the ease at which Phantasma can just stand on a middle rope in the middle of the ropes and just balance, like just stand there on like nothing. It's crazy. Everybody used to be very impressed by like the undertaker doing old school while somebody held his hand and he walked around the tight ropes. This man just stands up in the middle of the ropes and then fucking does thunder kiss 86 off it. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it wasn't to be, you eat that rainmaker and it's a wrap for you, which is a real shame for ELP. 
But, you know, he's starting on a little bit of a downturn, which means that we'll probably see him start to pick up wins thick and fast. And I hope that's the case. I'd love to see him get out of this block. Uh, if it was to be, that would be really, really cool. Well, that's it for me. Short and sweet. Everything you need to know from night three. Make sure you check out all our stuff online. Check out Curtis's second podcast, Throwing Dice, his wargaming podcast. Check out Faces and Feels, my interview series at Faces Feels Cast on all the social medias. That's where you can check out that interview from Aaron Hanare if you haven't already. Actually, it's now in the Okada Shorts feed as well because I am too kind and made it so you don't even have to click any extra buttons. So nice. Make sure you check out the Countout Network. There you can subscribe to Patreon for only $5 a month and check out a bunch of extra shows for free, including our little extra bonus show called Drop Your Shorts, as if doing an, an episode for every night of the G1 isn't enough. We do that for you as well. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. It's going to be super fun. This is going to be a hectic time getting all these episodes out, let me tell you. Um, but we're going to do it. You're an intrepid reporter roaming here, doing it during my lunch break. This is how it gets done. So uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make it happen wherever it needs to happen and make sure you guys get your Okada shorts fix. Oh, and speaking of getting your fix, almost forgot to update you on the Pickums. Mere seconds before I sent this off to the Countout Network, the wonderful Ryan about to put this up for me and almost forgot to let everybody know where we're at current standings amy on seven rafe on seven curtis on four and travis on six uh there has since been another night and i know there's a little bit of climbing back to happen for curtis so spoiler spoiler alert on that one um but we're going to be there real soon and looking the goods yeah so until you hear next from me the next episode you're going to hear is from Curtis, taking you all the way through night four. And then he will, of course, keep it right, keep it tight, and of course, keep it what? Short. This has been a Count Out Podcast. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Count Out said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh -oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here, Michael Richards calling Jay White small compared to him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here, I love it. This picture you've painted for me. 
I, I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my in my bedroom. Yeah. We don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week. And now I'm in Bullet Club. And here? Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of, I think, probably the best matches you've ever seen? That's an ad, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. That that that's That's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything. Aha, past us did it, present us living in the now. Look at us. Look, Look at, at us being friggin' brilliant. Mate, minimum effort, maximum output. Okada Shorts podcast. Check it out on the Countout Network at Okada Shorts. Rate and subscribe, listen or die.